Bienvenidos a Radio Menea, y'all. My name is Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soyla Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we are exploring musicals. <laughs> I can sense the excitement in your voice. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, sorry to all my musical fans. I think most, if not all musicals, are corny. I cannot suspend disbeliefs when people break into song, but people love them, so here I am. <laughs> and I am one of those people, so I put together this episode, and Veto is going to be along for the ride, which we appreciate. Um, so we're going to do a little chronological exploration of Latinx musicals and we're starting with a um, 1992 um, musical movie based on a book. Let's take a listen to Tanga Rumba Afro-Cuana from the Mambo Kings. episode we're going to be looking into both musicals that were movies and musicals that were plays and some were both um and this one is yeah based on a book by oscar hijuelos who's a cuban author um also called the mambo kings and um the music as far as i can tell from this movie is all like existing music like i think they used songs that were already I don't know. I guess I don't know if, if these songs were already created and then they adapted them for the musical or if I just know these songs because they were created for the musical, you know, um, because it came out in 1992. But um, this song that we were listening to is by the uh, Mambo All-Stars. And so I've actually never seen this movie or read the book, although both my parents are literature professors. So I grew up definitely hearing about the Mambo Kings and the next one that we're going to talk about, which is also based on a novel. Um so one of the dynamics here, which is like not that surprising, is that a lot of these um, musicals are, you know, sometimes written, directed, produced by like non-Latinx people. And oh, so, interesting. yeah, because I mean, Hollywood, yeah. you know what I mean? So um, I tried Hollywood, you know, just oh, the dynamics yeah. in Hollywood. Um, yeah. But I tried to pick, yeah, I'm, all the ones I picked are 
like the original thing at least was written by a Latinx person. So Mamba King's written by a Cuban guy. And, um, but there's always people involved in musical theaters, particularly is like a very like white and Jewish sort of industry historically. Mm-hmm. Um, some mm-hmm. of the ma- ma- major players. Um, this, this film was produced and directed by a white guy, Arnie Glimcher, but the script mm-hmm. was written by a Cuban woman, Cynthia Cidre, that they hired to, you know, because usually like the novelist isn't going to write the screenplay. It's a totally different person. Um, and right. so the, you know, the, the novel and the film are about two Cuban brothers and musicians who flee Havana for New York City because of like mob violence in Cuba. Um, and I have, yeah, I haven't seen this, but I do remember, you know, it's a pretty famous novel. Um, my, both my parents like teach Cuban literature and stuff. So I grew up with a lot of like references to these things, but I didn't necessarily read all of them. Um, but yeah, so this was the first one I wanted to start with. You hadn't heard of the Mambo Kings before. I have heard of the Mambo Kings before, but would you, was it a movie as well as a, as a, um, play? No, this is a musical movie. This is a movie, yeah. Oh, it was just, just a movie. musical movie. It was not on Broadway. I don't think so. No, I I, I mentioned the ones that were on Broadway. Yeah, this one it. was just a musical film. No, I have heard of the Mambo Kings, but I have not seen it ever. Never sought it out. It also came out before I was in the United States. So, um, you know, if it was making a splash in Venezuela, I didn't find out about it. Yeah. And the Mambo King's novel actually won a Pulitzer. It's from 89. So it was like a pretty well acclaimed um, novel. But yeah, no, this was just a film. And, you know, sometimes these kinds of things might get made and, you know, people might put on productions of them, like, you know, low key productions. But yeah, this was never on Broadway. This was just a Got film. it. And it's a musical film, like people like break out into song or is it just like the brothers are musicians and it features our performances? I think it's the latter, yeah. It's called a musical drama okay. film, but I don't, yeah, it's not uh, the traditional, like, people singing and dancing. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's they are what musicians. I think of when I think of a musical. It's just, like, people are just, like, yeah. having, like, an outburst of emotion, and they can't help but sing about it. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, there's a couple I of different like the Mambo Kings. Yeah, I think you would. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different um, forms of musicals. So there's, like, the yeah. musical that's all in song, like, where there's no talking ever. Oh, it's God, like song. an opera. No, it's not an opera. It's actually like a, it's a musical, but well, just like no an opera, like Carmen or something. Is Carmen like that? I mean, operas don't have any talking either, but it's different because it's opera is just its own style, you know. Um, but no, if you imagine like, I think is Hamilton like this. I think Hamilton might be all singing. Anyway, there's just some musicals that are all singing, and some musicals where they're singing and acting and talking. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, this is considered. Um, to be a musical drama. So some of the songs, like this song that we just featured has no singing, but some songs do have singing. But yeah, it's not the same kind of like thing that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I really loved musicals growing up and um, was like generally just like into theater. And my mom and I, this was like a thing that we would do together. We'd go to see, she got like season tickets to like the off-Broadway productions that would come through Raleigh, like the traveling productions. So we saw a ton of musicals growing up and then even mm, went to New York city once together. We went to New York city for four days and saw five Broadway shows. <laughs> How did like your mother get did. into that? It's a good question. I should ask her that. I mean, I think a lot of I people like, like I didn't even learn about musicals until I was like in college, like from, like honestly like Jewish people that I was around. That's how I learned about musicals. I didn't even really know 
I guess, I like, mean, I kind of vaguely knew about the existence of, like, Carmen and stuff like that. But, like, I'd never, like, it would have never Carmen's occurred to me to, like, opera, go yeah. see it, to go see it in a theater. But you probably knew about, like, West Side Story and some of these, like, iconic musicals, you right? Yeah, like, yeah. But it would have yeah. never occurred to me to go see it, you know? Like, I feel like it's right. like, okay, that's a thing, you know? Like, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, some people. I mean, I think it's pretty mainstream. Like a lot of people yeah. like theater and like yeah. musicals. And I mean, I tried to get involved in it in like middle school and high school, but I was really bad at acting. <laughs> so oh. I literally the middle school play, which like everyone should get a part. I was, uh, uh, I was assigned to be the assistant director. <laughs> yeah, because I was so yeah. bad. So that's um, a good. That's important. <laughs> I mean, it is, but kind of sad that I couldn't even get like, a role. <laughs> And I don't know, your high school didn't put on musicals? I mean, it's also like a high school thing. Yeah, I guess so. I also didn't go to those. Yeah, I think you just weren't like... I don't I don't think this is like a weird thing to be into. It's just especially also... No, like I don't gay, think it's a weird thing a lot to of be like into. Gay kids but I are don't, into I guess I don't remember anyone in Venezuela ever being into it. So I think of it as an American thing. So that's why I wonder how your mom I got see, into it. I see, I well, see. That's she came really where she my was, question comes from. I got you, I got you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, she came here when she was 11. But yeah, it'd be an interesting question. Like, when did she yeah. first go see a play? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like a a special thing we did together and like you know not an inexpensive thing we did so it was kind of like a special mm-hmm. thing that she mm-hmm. yeah. shared with me um and then when we went to new york that time we did a lot of like standing in the tkts line where you can get like <laughs> it was really fun yeah but like rent too i don't know i feel like they're but you're right i mean i do think it is a very american genre although i'm sure that there's probably musical theater in other countries as well but me yeah, maybe not venezuela um I mean, maybe there is, and I just didn't know shit about it. <laughs> you know what I it's mean? It's really possible, yeah. You know? I don't know. I, it's an it's an interesting question. I've never, like, considered it, because it just seems like such a normal thing to be into to me. But yeah. I totally hear you. Um, and, yeah. It's All right. Well, what do you have like. for us next? So the next one is also based on a novel, a Latin American novel called Kiss of the Spider Woman. And this song is also called Kiss of the Spider Woman, and it's sung by Chita Rivera, and this is from the Broadway production from 1993. So let's take a listen. Sooner or later in sunlight or gloom When the red candles flicker She'll walk in the room And the curtains will shake And the fire will hiss Here comes her kiss And the moon grows dimmer And the tides lower And her black beads shimmer And you're aching to but you're caught in the web of the spider woman in her velvet cape. You can scream, but you cannot escape. Sooner or later, your love will arrive, and she touches. Your heart, you're alert and alive, but there's only one pin that can puncture such bliss. Her so tell me about this novel because yeah. I don't think I've heard of it. And you know, like I feel like I have 
done a lot of due diligence to get um, you know, like read up on Latin American literature, but I've never yeah. I've never read or heard of Kiss the I feel like you should I've never studied it, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should read it. I feel like it seems really intense, but I don't um so yeah, it's another one that I just like grew up hearing about because of my parents teaching Latin American literature, but it's an Argentinian novel and it's about um it's all takes place in a prison, in an Argentine prison. And mm. it all takes place in like one prison cell. And a lot of it is like about the um, imaginary world of this person, one of the main characters, um, including this, like the spider woman is like a character he invents and he's gay. And then another person is brought into the cell with him. And so then the rest is kind of about the two of them interacting and there's like torture and like beatings. I mean, you don't see any of this. When um, is this novel like, from? When was it written? So there's actually a film version of the movie of the book made in the eight in eighty five, and then there was a theater production um, with music made in ninety three, and the novel itself was published in nineteen seventy six. So I don't know that much about Argentine politics, but my sense is that it, they were, you know, some of the reason they were imprisoned had to do with the political climate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was going on in Argentina. But yeah, it sounds very intense. Um, and it, you know, is pretty tragic. Which like, I feel like a lot of Latin American literature is pretty tragic. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Not usually a happy ending, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, so this was adopted for Broadway by three white guys, which is what I was saying is like very true of Broadway. But I wanted to feature it because of the origin, you know, of the novels by an Argentine. And then um, Chita Rivera, who starred in the play as a Puerto Rican actress. And she also was in like West Side Story and other things as well. And mm-hmm. so she's the one singing this this song. All right. Yeah, and it won a uh, Tony Award and was on Broadway for a long time. So, but yeah, I think you like kind of like intense novels, right? I love intense novels. All right, you should read <laughs> and Beso de la Mujer Araña and report. Yeah, back. I think I will. <laughs> I should have talked to my mom for the like literary analysis of these books ahead of time, but I didn't. I didn't build in the time for that. Sorry, mommy. <laughs> um, All right. What's next? Okay, so the next one is not based on a novel. It was written as a play, and it was written by the now very famoso Lin-Manuel Miranda. And this is from In the Heights, and we're going to listen to Piragua. Piragua, Piragua, new flock of ice, Piragua, Piragua, Piragua. So sweet and nice piragua Tengo de mango, tengo de parcha De piña y de fresa Tengo de china, de limón De pesco y de peseta Hey piragua, piragua Hotter than the islands are tonight And Mr. Softy trying to shut me down But I keep scraping by the fading light Hey Pana, this is my town Piragua, Piragua Keep scraping by Piragua Piragua, Piragua Keep scraping by, keep scraping by, lie, 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 l
this was like the origin of his career. He wrote the first draft of this play while at a student at Wesleyan, which is kind of amazing, um, where it was staged in 2000. And then there were some off-Broadway productions before it made it to Broadway in 2008, where it won like multiple Gram- Tony Awards and a Grammy. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it would have gotten more attention. Like, I feel like it's getting a revival of attention now because of like Hamilton made him so big that then people yeah. are like look, looking back at his original stuff. And I, I mean, it was critically acclaimed. It was on Broadway for three years, but I don't know. I, I think it's an amazing musical. I absolutely love it. I've seen it multiple times, um, never on Broadway, sadly, but I've seen a lot of the, um, the more recent productions that have traveled around and I think it's really great. And so, um, I don't know. I have the sense that it was like not as acclaimed on Broadway, but I don't actually know that where that sense comes from. Cause I mean, three years is a decent run and it did win a bunch of awards. Um, and I imagine mm-hmm. that it could easily be revived for Broadway now that he's so famous, you know, I think it would get yeah. a lot of new attention. Um, yeah. I remember when this came out, it must've been off Broadway because I was living in Washington Heights when I knew a bunch of folks were like, Oh, we're going to go see this musical. And you know, like I, like I said, I don't know very much about Broadway or off Broadway or whatever. So like, it's entirely possible that I missed it. But I remember, like living in Washington Heights yeah. and, you know, like in 2007, probably. And, um, and people being really excited about this. And mm-hmm. I almost want to go see it, but I think that like, I just never, I don't know. Yeah. I never made it a priority and it's so expensive to go like for right. like yeah. a student. I was just like, this is just seeing people break into song. It's not going to, I'm not going to prioritize that with my little monies that I have. So I didn't go, yeah. um, but I do remember sort of wanting to, Right. People yeah. were so hype about it. I mean, and it was, it was real, my new I and, you, and you didn't, um, you haven't seen the film. So in 2021, they made a film. I think out of it. I did see the film. I think I did see the film. I like went to a friend's house who was like excited about watching it and, and we watched it together. So you don't remember what you thought? I think it was fine. I don't know. Like, not that memorable. Like, yeah, I think I just went to, like, watch, to hang out with my friends. I wasn't yeah. very interested in the movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you don't like musicals, it's not really going to be Yeah, fun, yeah, exactly. Like, um, I'm not, like, a judge of this because I'm yeah. just, like, not that interested in the genre. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the genre. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, I think it's an interesting play because it, it definitely takes on gentrification. It takes on sort of, mm-hmm. like, this, like, very... Um, like pan Latino experience of being Washington Heights and people from different places yeah. were all like, you know, together there's like a Cuban grandmother and there's Dominicans and there's Puerto Ricans. Um, it like addresses the blackout that happened. Um, I guess that was, when was that? Like the big nineties, I think, or early two thousands. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I feel like it takes on a lot of different issues and, and diaspora and I think it's really well done. Um, I actually, so there's a theater here in DC called the Gala Hispanic Theater and they do, they put on Spanish language productions. And so they did a Spanish language version of this play. And so like, it's already got a lot of Spanish in it because of course right, it is, right. but they made it all Spanish language, which I, I mm-hmm. love. And it was really, really good. I saw it twice when it came through DC. Um, Cute. So I don't know. I think it's a great, I think it's a great play. I like, I picked this song because I think it's a really fun song about the Pirawa guy. And also oftentimes in the productions, he's like a very flamboyant gay man. So I also appreciate uh, that. Uh-huh. The Pirawa guy being like gay and twirling around the neighborhood with his cute selling his ideas. Yeah. I sort of, uh, I like cringe when I see Lin-Manuel Miranda. There's like, even like outside of his like horrible politics and whatever, like his, you know, and many 
valid critiques about him. I just like see him and I'm just like, I do not want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like there's something about him that like really rubs me the wrong way. That's like completely like unexplainable to me. But when you, um, just, when you say horrible politics, you mean his like politics around Puerto Rican independence? Yeah. Yeah. His like his politics around Puerto Rican statehood and that sort yeah. of stuff is sort right. of like sus to me. Right. Yeah, yeah. But just to be clear, he's not like, you know, he's a leftist, but yeah, he doesn't, his, in terms of what he thinks about Puerto Rico. And he's is definitely he put leftist? his foot in it a couple times. Yeah, he is. I would not well, think, he's I, don't, a, I don't, I don't, okay, maybe he's a, a liberal. Should we say yeah, liberal? I would call him a liberal for sure. I, what I meant is he's not right wing, is what I meant. No, no, yeah, no, no. I mean, he's not like a Trump dude. He's just no, like, he's a liberal. Uh, yeah. yeah. And his father's in politics. I don't know that much about his father. Yeah, his father's. I think. Career, I but... think is more of a right wing politician. Oh, is he right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, is is more aligned with the um with the sort of like colonial authorities on on the island. Right. Right. Um, I mean, this. The, so the film version that came out in twenty twenty one was critiqued for not having um, very many Afro Latino actors in mm-hmm. the movie, cast in the movie. I mean, Leslie Grace plays the main character, um, but they also, you know, the critique was that there weren't very many Afro Latinos and there are not very many dark skinned Latinx actors mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. And I think he like basically apologized for that. You know, he didn't really try to defend it. Got it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think he's an interesting figure because he's. You know, he's definitely, like, a very talented dude. Um, you know, Hamilton is, like, this really unexpected success, I think. Um, but, yeah, we're, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I feel like he's taking up a lot of space in this arena that's, like, yeah. you know, limiting the diversity of, like, Latino voices, you know? So, but I think In the Heights is really incredible. I saw Hamilton, and, you know, it's, like, it's interesting, but I think In the Heights is better, personally. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a better a, subject matter, like a, I think a so. Dominican yeah. neighborhood undergoing gentrification other than some like a founding father to me seems like such an odd thing to pick. Like, let's make a yeah. rap about a founding father. That's just like, I'm just like, oh my yeah. God, we're starting off that. Yeah. <laughs> I he know people some, really love it though. He does some interesting things with it by having an all POC cast and all this stuff. But yeah, yeah I mean, the yeah, premise yeah. itself is, you know, Jefferson is not a particularly laudable human on a lot of levels, so... Okay, so the next one was also just created as a musical specifically, and it's from 2015. It's from On Your Feet, and this song from the musical is called Con Los Años Que Me Quedan. Let's take a listen. I 
Excuse on me. On the chino, I'm on the chino. Oh, okay. No. But it's my birthday. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Your birthday's on the 4th of July. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So this musical is based on the life of Gloria Stefan and her career trajectory. I saw a Spanish language production of it at this place I was just referencing earlier this year. Well, like I really enjoyed it, especially the depictions of 1960s Miami were really fun. Um, mm. I think it's as a musical, it's kind of tough because the actors have to be singing Gloria Stefan's songs and she has a really unique and incredible voice and musical theater actors can sing, but it's a very particular type of singing, you know? And so for me, like, like (laughs) this song, it's never going to compare to Gloria Stefan's voice, you know? And so I know her work so well that there's no way that I can listen to this song or Mi Tierra or any of the other songs that they, that they do in the musical and not be comparing it in my head to the original, you know, and so it's just like never gonna match up. Yeah, definitely musical theater style singing is like a very particular brand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't align very well with who I know um, as Gloria. So it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So like the production I saw in, in DC, I thought the person who played Emilio was a really, really good actor. I thought he did a really good mm-hmm. job. I thought the person who played Gloria was like, eh. <laughs> you know, and, like, it's hard. She's such a big personality, and she's just and such a big voice, and all of that. So yeah, I think if you're not yeah. as familiar with her music as I am, like I've listened to, you know, right, the song "Con right. los años que me quedan" like a hundred million times, um, you wouldn't have that same sort of like, oh, I'm just comparing. But um, yeah, it's got to be a tough ask. It's a tough role. It's it's hard. Yeah, um, and she, you know, but she has a really interesting life. I mean, you know, it's the Cuban exile story. Plus, her father was um, kind of disabled by his time in Vietnam and, like, exposure to chemicals in Vietnam. And then her mother was also a musician in Cuba, a singer in Cuba. And her mother, at least in the play, is depicted as, like, they have a very um, conflict-heavy relationship and, like, are actually estranged for quite a bit of time because... In some ways, it seems like because her mother is sort of jealous of what Gloria is getting to do because her career was cut short by having to leave Cuba. And so, I, you know, I don't know how autobiographical it is. I mean, I know the loose details are true. but um, And then also they do an interesting job depicting the challenges that Gloria and Emilio faced in trying to break into the mainstream music industry, both like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, being really Latino and then also being told they couldn't break out of that, you know, because like they needed to, because their stuff was really successful in Latin America, particularly before um, they hit with like um, conga and stuff like that, but they didn't want to support the, the stuff that was geared toward an American audience because they didn't think it was going to be successful. So they had to do a lot of like advocating for themselves and in this like very white industry. So anyway, I think it's a cool story and um, yeah, it's done pretty well on Broadway. It got some good critical acclaim. Nice. Yeah. So the next couple songs are from movie musicals. Well, and animated, because we've done some that are movies, but um, from animated movie musicals. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So these are probably the ones that most of y'all have seen um, because they've been like really mainstream and popular. So the first one is Coco from 2017. Let's take a listen to Remember Me, which is a duo featuring Miguel e Natalia Lafourcade. I have to say goodbye. Remember me. Don't let it make you cry. For even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. 
a secret song to you Each night we are apart Remember me Though I have to travel far Remember me Each time you hear a sad guitar Know that I'm with you The only way that I can be Until you're in my You liked it? Yeah, I like these, like, I can get down with these, like, animated movies that have these little songs. I'm not, like, excited about the songs, but I can, like, it's already, it's, like, animated. It's, like, already ridiculous. You know what I mean? So, like, I can let go a little bit easier than, like, a person that's, like, you know, going to work and then suddenly they're singing. Like, that feels a little bit harder to suspend disbelief to me than, like, a crazy, magical, animated world already. And also I think that because I grew up on Disney animated films, right? Like, this is, Mm -hmm. like, a more familiar, like, Mm -hmm. um, thing to me. So it's um, a little less... um, uh, I like I, I would choose to watch like I chose to watch Coco you know like it came out and it was like everybody was excited about it and I was like okay yeah I'll definitely go to that you know yeah I'm remembering now that my abuela actually really loved musicals and we used to watch like My Fair Lady and stuff like that on TV together um, so she was really into musicals also um, yeah I mean this was an incredible hit and just like really. Yeah, it was super popular. It was the 16th highest grossing animated film ever at the time of its release. Um, The concept was developed by a white guy, womp, womp, womp. Um, But they brought on a Mexican writer, Adrian Molina, later on, who was eventually promoted to director. And um, I liked that the soundtrack is released in both English and Spanish versions. When you watched it, did you watch the English version or the Spanish version? Do you know? Um, I probably watched the English version, is my guess. Yeah, I really, I've watched both. I really like the Spanish version and it's, I like appreciate that they made a whole new, it's not like dubbed or something like they actually put out two different versions of the soundtrack. Um, Cause it was released in Mexico actually first before it was released in the US, but only like a few months ahead. Um, I picked this song because I really like the collab between Miguel and Natalia Laforcade. Um, I think it's kind of like unexpected to have the two of them on it. Um, you know, they're both of Mexican descent, but they have really distinct paths and music trajectories and like yeah, um, yeah. different sides of the border, you know, all the different things. Um, what do you think about this? I mean, this is a classic song from this movie, but what did you think about this version? Um, it's fine. I mean, I would never put it on. Um, I really like Miguel. I think Natalia Fuga is super talented. Um, I'm not like mad if it comes on during the, the movie, but I think that like, I think this general style of um, 
I don't know. Do people listen to this? Just like, do they just put it on or do they just watch it during the movie? And I think it depends if they have children. <laughs> I feel like if you yeah. have kids. Yeah, there you go. You're, you're listening <laughs> to this all the time. You know, like there the next go. one we're going to talk about Encanto, like everybody's singing these songs right now, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's hard because song. I don't know how to judge some of this is because it's just like, I wouldn't listen to it. Like, that doesn't mean that it's bad. Obviously, like my taste isn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, isn't, doesn't mean whether it's good or bad, but. It's not like this comes on in the movie and I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. Or it's not like it like sort of serves a purpose in the mm-hmm. plot a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then that is, you know, it has its utility. And yeah, so it's hard. Like, I don't know. Like, what do I think of this? Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. really know what to say about it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's just not your thing. I think for me, musicals, like, I don't know. I think there's like some, there's like a a really like visceral emotional experience of, of listening to these songs and watching these plays. And I mean, some of them are very classic. Like I remember Les Mis was something that I really loved as a kid and I would like, mm. I can still sing some of the songs, you know, I can't sing, but I can sing, you know, like I know all the right, lyrics right. and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's just like these, yeah, these really iconic plays, but, um, but yeah, it's like, if you're not into it, you're not into it. And it's like, you know, it's not something you can really change, I think. Um, yeah. So there was a couple different controversies associated with Coco. One was that, Disney tried to trademark Dia de los Muertos. Oh, I think because God, they were originally... Yeah, I sort of remember that. Remember that, yeah. Originally, I think the title of the film was going to be Dia de los Muertos, and so they trademark things like title. <laughs> um, but everyone got really mad, understandably, for them trying to trademark something like Dia de los Muertos, and so they dropped it after like a week of filing the trademark. Um, and they're like, oh, it's fine. We're going to change the name. And then... Um, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and then it was discovered that the Mama Coco characters, like the grandmother character, is based on a real woman, um, Maria de la Salud Ramirez Caballero, um, who's never named or acknowledged by the production. And so apparently oh. there's actually a lot of tourism to her town because of Coco. And people will see her and they will call her Mama Coco. And she's like, that's not my name. Um, but yeah, what her family says How is, is that it they... Based... I missed this. How is it based on her? I mean, they went and did research in Oaxaca for this movie, and uh-huh. I guess she just looks a ton like the character. And so, I mean, that nobody on the so it's film... based on her life, or it's physically based no. On her? I think it's just like it looks like her. Yeah, it's not based on her life. Oh. Um, but no one in the production will will say that yes, that's true. You know, like no one has no one has admitted that or acknowledged that. But it seems like pretty clear that there's a link between an inspiration mm. for this character and this woman. Um, Fascinating. And, she, you know, she wasn't given anything. She's, what she says she wants is just recognition and acknowledgement of this, not. But so I guess there's been tourism to her town because of it. Um, and that's, you know, can bring resources to the town. But, um, yeah, I didn't look up, like, pictures of her or anything. But I imagine it's just that she looks a lot like the character. Got it. Got it. Not like this is somebody's story that they No. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's about going to the other world you know yeah i know but i mean it's a based <laughs> based i don't know like maybe out a musician's son that wronged her isn't that what it's about like i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i i it seems unlikely but that's yeah, not what no, i thought I, that's not what I, I didn't hear about this controversy so i'm okay. just trying yeah. to understand. Yeah, understand well this is what i know from the wikipedia research i did got it got it all right and the next one is about another really big animated yeah. feature uh-huh. that came out recently 
Yeah, in 2021. I actually just watched it on the plane very recently. Um, but the song we're going to listen to is called We Don't Talk About Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. But it was my wedding day. It was our wedding day. We were getting ready and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. No clouds allowed in the sky. Bruno walks in with a mischievous grin. Thunder. You're telling the story, or am I? I'm sorry, me be that go wrong. Bruno says it looks like Where's the hitella? In doing so, he floods my brain. I will like the umbrella. Pouring in a hurricane. What a joy you stay, but anyway. another more recent Disney animated musical about a Colombian family with magical powers that help save their town. Mm-hmm. It's very magical realism heavy. Um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda was hired to be, to do the music for this film. And you can really hear it. I mean, I think it sounds like him, you know, it just sounds like his style. And that's what I was alluding to earlier. Like, I think there's a real downside to his popularity mm. because you know, he's Puerto Rican and like, I feel like the music sounds Puerto Rican to me, you know? And like, I know there's a part of Colombia that's like Caribbean, but I don't know. I wonder about what's lost. You know, like they're not the same countries. They have very different cultures. They have very different language, you know? So um, the fact that he's so popular and so good, I mean, the man is very, very talented. Um, so he takes up this space in this, like the new interest in like doing more Latin, Latino stories and whatever. But then, you know, there's so many other subcultures and countries and cultures in latin america you know so like yeah maybe lynn could be like why don't partner with a colombian person on yeah disney you know right right (laughs) so i don't know yeah i just don't feel like this sounds colombian to me but i don't i don't know that i'm the authority on that do you mean when you watch it did you think about that um no no not really i was just like this is like from disney i yeah yeah i wasn't really Disney is not where I go to for. But yeah, I mean, he just has a very signature that. style. But, they, but I do remember thinking, like, wow, there's black people in this movie about Latino right. people, and they're black and Latino, and they're just here. And that mm-hmm. was, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. this is where we are in the world. That these, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a really low bar. Black people exist in Latin America, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's <laughs> the bars right. in hell. But, right. um, but, right. but we're not going to hire them to make them show you know make the film right just, right i think that they did the hire afro-colombian voice actors oh voices but, you're um, right they did they did do that yep. but right. i don't yeah i don't know i didn't really look into the music my sister does listen to this stuff she watches uh encanto over and over again so i mean it's very she's fun. the kind of person who watches um you know movies as a comfort so yeah she this one 
it's fun. It's lighthearted. The music is good. You know, I mean, the man is extremely talented, but yeah, like yeah. he he's one person from one cultural context. Um, so, you know, I hope that he, yeah, he can create more space for people like him to come up who aren't all Puerto Rican necessarily, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's successful. And I do think that it's a positive thing that kids movies, I mean, kids movies these days, I always want to watch, like when I'm watching movies with kids, I want to watch nostalgic things, but turns out all the nostalgic kid movies that we watch as kids are really racist and terrible. Oh and my so, god, it's so bad when you watch yeah. it again. No, <laughs> they don't like, age oh, well. They don't shit. age well. Yeah. No, they do not. So I'm glad that like, you know, I mean, there's been a couple of really beautiful um, kids movies, animated movies made about different Asian contexts. Like they're doing a really, I think there's just a lot more diverse storytelling happening in, in a lot of media industries. Um, so I'm really happy about that. And I'm happy that, you know, there's white kids that are learning about, you know, Colombian magical realism through Encanto. You know, it's a good thing that these, um, I actually saw a film with my friend and her daughter were here this weekend, her daughter's three, and we watched an animated film called Pachamama that was actually all about, um, the Incas sort of like rule over like non-Inca indigenous communities in Peru and then the Spanish coming. And it's just like, it was a complex story. And I don't feel like Mm. the fact that there's room for that complexity, you know, that they can talk about like pre-colonial, you know, conflict in within groups, you know, in South America um, and then the Spanish. And so I'm, I'm really glad, grateful that there's just so much more storytelling happening that depicts way more. Yeah. Just way more yeah, stories. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, y'all. I hope you really enjoyed learning a little bit about some Latinx musicals. Hope you enjoyed this more than Veto did. <laughs> <laughs> me too, y'all. <laughs> um, thanks for letting me do this, Veto. I think that I'm sure we have some people out there who love musicals, and I really enjoyed going through these and like learning a little about the history. So. Hope y'all enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All of the information about the songs is in our show notes at RileyManea.com, and make sure you're following us on social media, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, we also had a little newsletter, and that's fun. Um, and as always, shout out to Maite. Thank you for the editing help. Hasta la próxima. Bye.